as the end of the year comes, um, I, th- I think we need to do something significant, you know, with our families and, and in our marriages and, and be a little more intentional because otherwise, you know, time just goes by and we, we lose track and, oh, it's, you know, we've never done that. You know, that sounds nice. But, you know, um, where's Michelle Fisher? Michelle Fisher gave us a, a gift. Um, I think it was the end of last year, you know, and it's a memory jar. And so this memory jar... Um, has a, like a bunch of little notes and, and, and you just, what you do is every time you make a, I'm assuming it's good memories, right? Good memories. Every time you make a good memory, you know, you write it on the little paper, you drop it in the jar and we're supposed to read them at the end of the year. So we're planning, you know, about reading that. And the truth is I had not written one, you know, i had been too busy to write them, you know? <laughs> And uh, so I see the jar and my kids, you know, will drop notes in there and stuff. So it'll be very interesting to see what they wrote in there. You know, it will be, it will make for a fun night. And, uh, and so it was full. But yesterday I was, uh, I was thinking about, I'm like, okay, I need to just sit down. And I probably took about 30 minutes and I just started writing everything, you know, that I remember the Lord did. And, and all the good memories, you know, from this year and all the highlights of, of the good things that the Lord did this year. You know, and I put in a, about 20 of them in there. And, uh, and I think, you know, if you're not, if you don't do a memory jar or something like that, you, you got to do something significant to remember what the Lord did. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today, because I believe, uh, our testimonies are, are very, very powerful and it is, and it builds a foundation for history with the Lord. You know, we, we all have a history with God. You have a record, you know, and hopefully it's a clean record, but you know, there's sometimes there are some. Some things on our record, you know, but it all works out for our testimony. And so, um, one of the things that happened with the Israelites, and, and we can learn from them to not make the same mistakes, is that they used to forget a lot. They needed a memory jar. The Israelites would forget a lot. And what would happen is the Lord would do great things, and then when they would get to the next problem, they would look at the problem with fresh eyes, too fresh of eyes, because they would completely forget what the Lord had done for them before. And so I want us to go um, Joshua chapter 4, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. And it says, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from, from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men and he had, that he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. And he told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all. One for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build memorials. Say with me, memorial. Okay. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. 
So the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the, for the night and constructed the memorial there. And so the Lord gives us a picture right here, you know. He's like, okay, so that you guys don't keep forgetting, you know, because remember, going, uh, crossing the Jordan was now going into the promised land. Right? First time they crossed the Red Sea was they're coming out of Egypt. Okay? They were in the desert that whole time, forgetting, forgetting, and forgetting what the Lord had done, complaining again, looking at the problem always bigger. Right? And so then they come to the Jordan. The Lord's like, hey, listen, you know, you're going to do this because I want you to remember and I want your kids to remember and I want this to serve as an illustration for you to tell your, your children what happened here. And so... I couldn't find better stones. I'm sorry. But I, and they don't pile up either. It's kind of a disappointment, actually. <laughs> now they're pillows. I need a helper. Hannah, can you just bring all my stones right here, please? Do they look like stones? Oh, thank you. Jeez. Okay, great. That's awesome. And so, anyways, there's not 12 either. Sorry. But what they were, they were a memorial, right? And so, here, maybe stack a couple so we can actually stack them. Oh, man. You guys, it took me a long time, just so you know, a lot of effort. So just count the cost, okay? You know? So there they are, Okay. Are stones. A memorial to what the Lord had done, right? Just so that we wouldn't forget. And so maybe you don't have to get, you know, stones, you know, maybe you don't have to get a memory jar, but, you know, how do you, how do you remember, how do you keep in front of you? It was supposed to be visual. It was supposed to be something that caught their attention. It was supposed to be something that every time they went by there, it would remind them. It was something that would speak of what the Lord did, Something that would echo, you know, beyond. It, it was a legacy. And one of the problems we have today is that children and grandchildren and the generations that come don't know the cost. And, you know, if you remember, we talked a little about this uh, during the gratitude series, right? And it's that the generations that come after, they forget the cost or they never were told the cost. And so it is setting something up that will joggle our memory to talk about and to remind them what the Lord did so that we don't forget. But here's the, here's the, bigger, the bigger story. And I want us to go to uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. And uh, what's happening here is we have, we have two big events. And we're going to start, um, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you a little bit of what's happening here. Uh, Elijah is uh, having a battle of the gods here with the prophets of Baal, right? And we know that, you know, he came up to them and he said, all right, you know, let's, let's do a contest. You know, if, you're, if Baal is, is, is real and he's alive and he's powerful, you know, then he'll, you know, send fire from heaven and consume your sacrifice. And if he doesn't, you know, then it'll be my turn. And then, you know, whoever, whoever's uh, God consumes the sacrifice, that's the real God. And whoever loses, loses their head. And so that's, you know, that's what they did. And so we know that the prophets of Baal, you know, they were, 
they were there and they were, they tried and they danced and it was hours and nothing happened, right? And then we know Elijah comes up and he's like, all right, get it wet. You know, he's showing off. He's totally flexing. He's like, get it wet, you know, like put a lot of water on top of it, you know, and the fire of the Lord came and it said it, you know, it licked up all the water, like consumed the stones, consumed everything and they lost their head, right? And so, uh, but there's two things that are super important here, and, and I want us to look at verse 20. And in verse 20, it says, So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Okay? Say with me, Mount Carmel. Okay? So on Mount Carmel, Elijah had a crazy victory over the prophets of Baal. I mean... Just think about this. You're one against 450. And you're completely defying them. And their God doesn't show up. And then it's your turn. And boom, you know, he prays and fire comes down. And like, he's the man. Like, like he, that's pretty amazing, right? God showed up for him. Power from heaven. And, uh, it's a huge victory, right? All of them dead, you know, he wins. And then check what happens right after this. Uh, in, if we go to verse um, 41, it says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. What mount? Mount Carmel, and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. What was he looking for? He was looking for rain, right? It was like clear skies. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. So here's a man, man of God, who just had a huge victory, and the moment he prayed, fire came down from heaven. There was no delay. It was instantly done. Fire consumes the sacrifice. It consumes the rocks. It consumes all the water, right? And now he goes and he tells Ahab, you know, there's mighty rainstorm coming, and there's not even a cloud up in the sky. And so he goes and he prays. It's funny how he says he prayed with his Head in between his knees. I tried that yesterday. I, <laughs> that's a very desperate position, you know. And nothing happens. I mean, wouldn't you be a little bit confused if you just prayed for fire to come down from heaven and you just had this huge victory and then you turn around and, and nothing's happening? Like, and how many times did you pray? Seven times. So now there was a delay. Anybody ever experienced that? Yeah, I get prayed and boom, fire comes from heaven. Then you go pray and it's like, what's happening? Nothing's happening, right? This is that he prayed seven times. And then verse 44, finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, 
Hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb to your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. Whew, persistent prophet, right? Like he first prophesied there was a big rain coming and then nothing happens. Nothing happened after seven times. There's a tiny little one. He's like, that's it. It's done. Go get it. You know, go tell him. You're going to get caught in the flood if you don't hurry up. I mean, that's faith, right? He took that one little sign, you know, he thought that. But here's, here's one of the things um, that really catches my attention. Um, he was persistent, but the thing is, he prayed on top of an answered prayer, okay? And what I mean by that is that on top of the same mountain where he had just had the victory, he prayed for the next miracle. He prayed for the rain, and he stood on top of that one. And that's what so many of us fail to do is that, you know, he could have gotten discouraged right there. He could have said like, well, I don't know what's happening. Something wrong, you know. I, I keep praying for this one. This time isn't happening. Maybe, maybe it's wrong. Maybe, maybe God doesn't want it to happen. Maybe I missed it. Maybe. And he could have started second guessing, but he had something. And he had the victory that had just happened on the same mountain. In other words, the, test, the previous testimony was prophesying of the next testimony. On top of the same mountain where he had victory, he knew that it was the same God. He knew that he could be persistent. He knew it didn't matter how many times he had to pray. What? He could just wait on the Lord. He could be persistent because he didn't forget. He didn't forget. He just happened. Now, yes, we continue reading, and then he forgot, right? Fear always tries to come in. But when we pray on top of victories and on top of mountains, we have our testimony. Our testimonies are Mount Carmel's that we get to pray on top of and remember. It's memorials of what the Lord did. But if we forget him and if we don't count them and if we don't remember what the Lord did and make sure that we're talking about it and make sure that we're telling others about it and make sure that we're relying on that, you know, how are we going to have the next testimony then? It's like, if you ever played Nintendo, one of the worst things ever was when you were on level 10 and you died and you had to start from level zero again, level one. Like, it was horrible. I mean, how many of us kicked the Nintendo, you know, when that happened, you know? And with the Lord, so many people do that. It's like, they feel like they have to start over again. It's like, like they don't know who they're talking. Like they don't remember that God gave them a huge victory. And because they don't remember, they feel like they're starting again. And instead of building on top of the faith, on top of the testimony that they already had, they just start over. Um, I remember 2015, we were... Um, we were, but we had been believing for a house. We had been renting for a few years, and um, at this point, we had all five of our children. We knew exactly the size of house that we needed, how many bedrooms, all that stuff. And and so, 2015, January 2015, we prayed, like the Bible says, pray, believe God, thank Him, and have peace. And so we prayed, we believed God, we thanked Him for a house we hadn't seen yet, and we had peace. We said, Lord, you've always given us the house we needed. Now we're asking, we'd like to buy a house, right? Well, you would think like in a year, you know, we would have a house, but it actually took two years. And in January 
of 2017, the Lord gave us an amazing house, this is the house we currently live in, and uh, the perfect size for us, everything that, that we needed, and we remembered that we had received that house two years ago, okay? We remembered what the Lord had done. We remembered that he's always been our provider. We remembered, you know, all the times he'd come through for us. We remember the time we, we didn't know where we were going to live. And miraculously, you know, this person, you know, allowed us to become their renter, even with, you know, no history and, 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 and very low rent. And it was like, we remembered those things. And it was on top of those things that our faith got stirred up in order to go into the next season and to receive the next miracle and to receive the next testimony to build on top of. See, and so we, we receive our house in January 2017. Amazing deal. No stress. We didn't have to fight, you know, in a bidding war for it. We didn't have to, you know, it was like, it was God. It was done. We just had to wait, you know. And, and sometimes you would think like this has to be done, you know, in this period of time. Or this has to be done by the end of this year. Or this has to be done, you know. But the Lord's seasons are different. And so we need to get with his timing. And we need to be patient. You know, the first uh, war right here with the prophets of Baal, it was, boom, instant. But the second one, it took him seven times of praying with his head in between his knees and sending a servant to check, 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 check again, check again, check again. Finally, there's some little thing. Okay, that's it, done. Thank you, Lord. It's over. And so it's not, you know, prayer isn't like a, like a slot machine. You just, you know, put in a coin and something comes out. Like, it, it takes relationship. That's why it's different every time. If, if answered prayer worked the same way every time, then we would need faith. We just know how this is, you know, it's like, it's mechanical. But with the Lord is not mechanical. With the Lord is relational. This is how he draws us near. And so, you know, whatever these stones might represent for you and your family, whatever they represent for my family, the things they represented for the children of Israel, you know, those things are unique to encounters that they had with the Lord. You know, Abraham, when he was, uh, when the Lord gave him Isaac and then he was going up the mountain to sacrifice Isaac, right? The Lord shows up for him and Abraham meets God as something new he had never met him before, as Jehovah Jireh. He had an encounter with God where he met God as something he had never met him before, as his provider. And so, Situations and things in life are always invitations to an encounter with the Lord so that we can know him as something new, something we've never known him before, and we can add this stone as a memorial that, hey, the Lord also is the God who provides. Oh, guess what? You know, I need a healing in my body. And uh, the Lord is also Jehovah Rapha. He's the God who heals. I can't do three because they'll fall. Sorry. Just be safe over here. No more distractions. And so, so the things that we've got, our history is so important with the Lord. Recounting our history is so important with the Lord. What are the testimonies that we have? And what are the challenges that we're facing? Because we're not starting from level one. 
we have history with the Lord. We've seen him move before. And if we have never seen him as the thing that we need at this moment, it's an invitation to know him as something we've never known him before. So it's exciting. It's exciting because we know from the word that we have victory, that we're victorious over all things, that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So it's never a question of, am I gonna make it through? It's a question of, what do you want to be to me in this season, in this situation, Lord? And if it's the same thing as before, then I have a memorial stone that tells me he will do it again. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's no respecter of persons. All that requires is me to come before him, to bow low, to worship him, to be in relationship with him, and I can't possibly miss it. You know, have you ever talked to people who are like, man, I'm just so afraid to miss it. I'm just afraid to miss the will of God. I'm so afraid that I'm like, you can't miss it. Somebody who's that hungry and in prayer and desiring to please the Lord and to know the will of the Lord, you cannot possibly miss it. Hmm. Mount Carmel. So what's your Mount Carmel that you need to remember to pray on top of for the thing that you're believing for right now? You know, this is the time of year where people start, you know, believing and making their vision boards and, and what they want to see in the next, next year. But I want to suggest to you there's things that we didn't see happen this year that the Lord still wants to do. They maybe like our house. It didn't take one year. Maybe it takes a couple years. Maybe it's a season thing, you know. But it's very important that we know that what was before, it's, you know, even if it's no longer happening or even if it, if it changed seasons or if it stopped or something, that we know that it's not a waste and it's not something lost, but that is a change of season. That it's something new that the Lord is doing. Go with me to uh, Revelation. Actually, just Matthew 18, 18. Are you getting something out of this? And uh now, we know, it, if you know, this Revelation 19.10 uh, says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It means that what Jesus did is permission for us to do the same and more. And he clearly said to us, right? Greater, these things and greater things you will do in my name. But the, the testimony of Jesus, so the life of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Testimonies that prophesy. Testimonies that prophesy. These are testimonies that prophesy. You should have a big pile of rocks by now of what the Lord did before because now you have evidence. See, it's very powerful when we hear evidence of somebody else. It's very powerful when you hear a story. You got, you know, like Carlos's story. You know, the Lord healed him of cancer and, and diabetes and, you know, big things like it's powerful because you can attach yourself to that testimony say like if the Lord did it for him he'll do it for me as well because he's no respecter of persons so I'm you know the the power of his testimony is helping me build my faith up and say yes if God did it for him he'll do it for me if we um if we have our own testimonies 
How much more powerful is that? Right? It's like the more personal and the closer it gets to you. It's great when you hear the testimonies of people in different countries, but when it's your own, you know, nobody can talk you out of that. Like it's a different level of faith. And so the worst mistake would be to forget those testimonies. To have spiritual amnesia and, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, because that happened to Elijah, you know. In the, in the following chapter of what we read, he gets threatened by Jezebel and he forgets about the victories and he allows fear to creep into his heart and he goes and hides. And so that happens sometimes to people too. To a powerful man of God, it could happen like that. And if we don't watch ourselves, it could happen to us too. And, and, and hopelessness and, and anxiety and fear and, you know, uh, all this stuff could creep into our heart and start preventing us from moving to the next thing because we're forgetting what the Lord did. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. My testimonies are prophesying what God did once, he'll do it again. Matthew 18, 18. Um, this is a scripture that um, we're, going to, we're going to practice right now. And, uh, and it's something that you'll be able to do at home. It's something you'll be able to do with people. And uh, you, sometimes we don't realize the power we have in our hands with our testimonies. And so um, Matthew 18, it says, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth or whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you Bound, uh, whatever you lose or permit or allow or release on earth will be released in heaven. And I always thought, man, that's so confusing because it shouldn't it be the other way? You know, I thought like, shouldn't it be like whatever we lose in heaven will be loosed on earth because that's where it's coming from? And so maybe you're way smarter than me, but I spent a lot of time meditating on this and the Lord gave me this picture. He said, the source is heaven, right? On earth as it is in heaven. The source is heaven. His power, his kingdom is heaven. But I'm on earth. I'm here. I'm not there. He said, what you have down here is a faucet. Because he gave who authority? He gave us the authority, right? He gave us the authority to release, to pray, to bind, like he gave us the authority. The power source is from him. And so what we do is, you know, we have a faucet down here. And when you open the faucet, the water doesn't come from the faucet. It comes from the source, right? And so where's the source? The source is up there. So the Lord gave us the authority to loose and to bind things here on earth but where they come from, they come from heaven. See, he is the source, but we have the key. That is pretty powerful. You have the key and you have the power to bind and to lose things for them to come from heaven. 